0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this CNBC special report, America's banking crisis. We are here live tonight amid the failure of Silicon Valley Bank. We have breaking news on that right now. Jim Kramer joining us here from CBC Global Headquarters. we got Steve Leisman on set as well. Michael Santoli, full team coverage with Deirdre Bosa as well out west. Kayla Tausche in Washington, D.C. And let's start off by taking a look at the futures. They just began to trade. Let's go to it live again. Probably, probably thin at this point, but not as thin as you might imagine on a normal Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern when they do go live. In fact, If you look at that, we are seeing, let's call that unchanged to flat. NASDAQ futures actually slightly higher. Dow futures are slightly lower. Here's the setup right now. We are waiting to get confirmation on exactly what type of program that the federal government, meaning the Federal Reserve, perhaps the Treasury as well, will indeed sign off on with regards to not only Silicon Valley Bank, of course, but its depositors and perhaps other banks as well. There is widespread speculation that there is some kind of a program that is going to be enacted. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said as much on some of the Sunday talk shows this morning. The key question for the markets, Jim, and I'll put it to you is what we don't know and where we might go is if the U.S. government decides to backstop all depositors, even uninsured depositors, of which 97 percent of Silicon Valley banks insurers are uninsured, over 250,000, if we get... As you called it earlier, the whole bazooka, right. that should calm a very nervous market.
1: Well, maybe that's why the futures are so calm, because obviously there's just, you know, there, there's tens of billions at stake. And you have to believe that if, they, if the federal government, whether it be the Federal Reserve, FDIC, Treasury, does not guarantee 100 percent of the depositors, then there'll be a tremendous outflow. And what will happen is that there'll be a tremendous spillover. So I think the government recognizes the stakes being high. Mike, you and I both know that it's maybe not be enough to say we'll do 80 percent or 90
2: yep. percent. Because, you know, that means J.P. Morgan's inundated with 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 deposits from everybody else. Right. In the game of, um, you know, which other banks might be similarly situated has already started. Um, you know, you mentioned, Brian, I mean, Silicon Valley Bank, an extreme but not unique example <laughs> of having this type of deposit base and this type of exposure. Um, You know, it's not a surprise the bank that uh, bonds crashed last year and people took a lot of losses. Just now we're learning where those losses were and what was against them. So I agree that any idea uh, that we can stop that potential chain reaction of depositors getting spooked um, and maybe there's going to be a transaction that, you know, can 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 backstop this bank. That'd be great. Uh, You're still left with what does it mean for the economy, the Fed, the tech Uh, ecosystem and all the rest of it. Those are longer term. That's not, you know, Sunday night futures panic types. There there are so many
0: there are so many different angles to this story. And I think let's start before we get all the, the, the direct information from the government, which hopefully will be forthcoming in full very soon. Jim, let's connect the dots between this bank, 16th biggest bank in the United States, second largest now failure since the financial crisis. And the stock market. And I don't want to mention any other bank names because that has the power to spook people. The market told us what what they were on Friday. But connect the dots, which is the fear that if there is not a full and we're not advocating for it. If there is not a full backstop of all 100 percent of the deposits in this and maybe other banks, that Monday morning people are going to be on their smartphones, on their computers or physically in line taking money out of those banks.
1: Well, let's start with the concept of what went wrong here. That helps us a great deal. This was not a corrupt or reckless bank. They invested poorly on the yield curve. The actual bond portfolio they have is a good one. So it's not like they're desperados from 2008. They did have a high concentration of non-sticky depositors, big venture capital firms, private equity firms, highly unusual to have that big a concentration, unlike any other bank in the country, frankly. Now, should that have been the case? Again, I don't think it's time to debate moral versus non-moral hazard because anyone who owns the common stock, anyone who owns the preferred stock of this bank is wiped out. $35 billion wiped out. So it's not really a technical bailout. The big concern that I see is, is that there would be a, if you want to look at it from a policy point of view, th- there's a couple of banks that you know are immune to this kind of thing, like J.P. Morgan. Now, they've been un- inundated. With deposits quickly from other banks that will, as you just said, with a smartphone, you can you can move that money so quickly. First Republic, by the way, which is the one that is the first one in the blast zone, has raised 60 billion dollars. They can make anybody money good. That that bank will open business as usual tomorrow. And I have that confirmed. But I think what people have to recognize is the debate today. And we could talk about well, will was on TV, not on TV, mm-hmm. is who in government wants to give 100 percent to people, some of whom may be wealthy, and who wouldn't? Do we have 100% or is it 80%? What is it?
3: To support American businesses and household, the Federal Reserve on Sunday announced it will make available additional funding to eligible depository institutions to help assure banks have the ability to meet the needs of all their depositories.
1: 100% 100 uh, insurance.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Uh, that and that is OK. So
3: now that we, <clears throat> is prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise.
0: D- does it reference
3: additional funding will be available, made available through the creation of a new bank term funding program, offering loans of up to one year in length to bank savings, associations, credit unions and other eligible depository. So institutions.
0: we're effectively and my gosh, we're going back in time. We're effectively back to almost like a TARP or a TALF no, type I,
1: program I back if in the day. That's fair. I mean, that would presume that that even if you waited long enough, the money would never be good. I mean, you know, you, you've looked at that. You scrutinized the okay, $25, billion,
3: 25 billion from the Exchange Stabilization Fund as a backstop for this program. Um, this is all approved by all the top regulators here. Um, one second here. All money access tomorrow, Steve. 100%, and, and so 100% access. W- That's the Approved f- access to enable the FDRC to the resolution of bank and signature bank. A resolution of signature bank is... Very good. is okay. here now well, in a matter, hold on, Brian, that fully pr- protects all depositors. So they are fully protecting depositors of Signature and Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. According to this, these actions will reduce stress across the financial system, support financial stability, and minimize any impact on businesses.
0: They did not mention any other banks
1: besides... Well, right now, the only, there were only several in the last zone. First Republic, which I said, has already liquefied its bank portfolio. Signature Bank, which is very much on the red-hot griddle, so it's good to hear that they've been bailed. I hope that... That means that others that are smaller will be protected. For the
3: bankers who are watching, there's also some tweaking at the discount window to right. make it easier for them to get liquidity through the okay. window. Okay, but we're going to go to Kayla and Taushin, non- D.C., but okay. in,
0: but but the first thing I want to – can we bring the futures back up, guys? Because I think this is the best – and, Jim, you correct me again mm. if, if you don't agree with this – probably the best possible outcome for the market and look at the futures. They are they soaring sold. right they now.
1: Based on what we just heard, uh, if you – Shorted it Friday. Send me a no because I'd like to beat your funeral.
0: Well, we know that up to a trillion dollars notional in no, put options no, there's a were lot. put down this on Friday optimal. against the market. Well, this was the They're optimal. They're going to get their faces Wait, ripped off on Monday. Uh,
1: you know, this is the optimal in the sense that a lot of people felt that if it was 80 to 90 percent, then 180 billion would evaporate because, you know, look, you. You have to expect that everything's going to be taken out of there. Mm-hmm. But now there's no reason to take anyone out of Silicon Valley Bank. No. None. I mean, what do you do? Take it to First Republic? They already—they're ring fenced. And, and
4: that's the key,
0: I think. And there's been so much, for lack of a better term, misinformation going oh, around on Twitter. And there's also people who want this the market is, this down. is
1: people's. There's cash. people
0: who want the market down, and there's people who scared people. But there's also, I think, a misunderstanding of what this program is. If you're a small company, if you're Santoli Corp, and you had fifteen million dollars in your Silicon Valley bank account to pay your employees and your vendors. That's not you're not buying CLOs, CDOs, mortgage-backed security, you know, these crazy products that we had. This is cash that you use. Let's go, we're going to get to Stephen in just a second. Kayla yeah. Tausche is in closed, D.C. So
3: they closed Signature Bank, just so it's not clear. They now, did. According to this, they closed it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so they closed it in
1: the sense that it's the same way that Silicon Valley Bank shares closed. Uh, by its state chartering authority, precisely, Mr.
0: Kramer. Well, wow. So, s- wow. So, <laughs> That's so, so from, from First Republic, yeah. signature, ba- signature well, bank ticker S I G. They've confirmed to me that has one. been, cl- according to Steve Lee, has in the Federal Reserve signature bank of New York, New York City-based bank. This is not a West Coast bank. S I G. The ticker got crushed on Friday. Is being closed, shut down. But, but the but depositors have, are being. But the, yeah, the de- we want to be clear: speaker, uninsured you, depositors. If you well, have your money in Signature Bank. Under 250, which of course is insured by the FDIC, or more than that, you are going to be made. Can, can I make one point, Bill, uh, uh, Sully,
3: which is this? What makes this dramatically different from the great financial crisis that everybody around this table covered was that, as far as we understand, the assets underlying these banks are money good. Yes. It Correct. is not broadly a question of whether or not the assets are good so the Fed can finance them. Mm-hmm. This is a this typical is cash. liquidity crisis. This, by the way, all you people who are at home were upset, perhaps, by what the Fed is doing here. This is why the Fed was set up in 1913 to right. do this. It was not set up to do what it did in 2008. This is classic central Correct. banking. Correct, because,
0: right. because, again, and the point I just tried to make is that this primarily is cash. The federal government, the Federal Reserve, is not coming in and bailing out a hedge fund that put a bunch of money on some crap instrument, one of these CLO squirt. Right. This is cash in the bank. Well, hold that- remember, they don't, and Steve, correct me
1: if this is wrong, they have a lot of cash in the bank, but they also have a loan book. Now, if you add the loan book up with the cash in the bank, then it's very easy to make all depositors' money good. There is a little bit of mismatch between what they own in, the, in their government bond portfolio mm-hmm. and the depositors. It's not big. But that loan book is big, and apparently, from several who checked it out this weekend,
3: it's pretty good. There's some funky loans in there that are loans you would only give to tech startups. True that may not be sellable or that is but exactly. But put it put this, it this way: if that's two percent or three percent of the portfolio, in the Great Financial Crisis, the assets in question were sixty and seventy percent. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. We're not getting. But again, exactly. so when we say one hundred percent, we say 100%, 100%, right, but,
0: we're talking about depositors. To Jim's right. point, by the way, this bank also. Owns all, maybe hundreds of billions, according to a source I talked to yesterday, of private company stocks. Santoli Corp., you're a startup, you've got internal equity, they, they've got they that other thing. They, on led the books. Against, they led against companies that are not yet public. And
1: that is nothing that a JP Morgan would ever have done. Which is why they I, didn't probably the way, find a buyer, exactly. right? This
0: bank's business is so much different than the JPMs and the Morgan Stanleys. But there was $3 billion
1: to a company that made a stable, a stable coin. Now, isn't it interesting, Steve, that we know? Circle. That, Yes, to circle. circle. The Signature Bank is a so-called crypto bank or has lots of crypto. I know that, that Secretary Yellen was no fan of bailing out anything having to do with crypto. So in se- the only technical bailout I see is that. But in fact, anyone who wants the stock or the, or the preferreds
0: of Silicon Valley Bank is they lost everything. Is the word, and I put this out on Twitter, is, uh, can I just is, the, word, ba- is the word bailout there? incorrect or correct here? That's Mike? really what, that's what I wanted to
3: emphasize, yes. Sully, because, because of the idea that the usually, and we don't know this for sure in each case, equity gets wiped out, the bondholders get wiped out. What, who are not being wiped
0: out in this case are the depositors. That's it. Right. And, this, this and is whether not, or not
3: you feel that's a moral hazard issue, we'll be debating this for well, weeks if to they come. were If exactly. they were
0: bailing out, and there's that term again, Mike, if they were rescuing Silicon Valley Bank stockholders. Right. Silicon they're the not the bondholders, yeah. Silicon Valley Bank holders. Silicon Valley Bank as an entity is gone. It is right. it is over. It has been put into receivership with this new bank of Santa Clara, this sort of sure. fake bank, and they're going to put but the, the deposit them if you've got money in Silicon Valley Bank, 10 million, 100 million, 3 billion with Circle or others, Roku, some of these names, you are going to be made whole instead of having to wait for weeks or That's maybe months. Exactly. because The money is it's still the there. It's just the how long that you're getting it now. Now you can yeah, make payroll. You can yeah. make payroll next week. Exactly.
1: Right. The idea yeah. of taking your money out of Silicon Valley Bank tomorrow morning now doesn't make Makes, a lot of sense. No, It doesn't
0: make
2: sense. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, and everything we're talking about here. How would you here, even do that? What? How would you even take the money out? Well, you can get two hundred fifty that's thousand. it, but if you, you have 10000000 that million, you're still would. down
1: nine. No, I'm saying if you have 250000 what's the hurry? There is none. And I think, Mike, one of the things we recognize is that this bank had a gigantic concentration yeah. of large banks, large capitalization, of large of bank deposits that typically, actually, no,
2: yeah. is unlike any other bank in the That's country. right. Almost all uninsured. And, look, I think that from a broader market and economic perspective, what's happened tonight allows this to be— set aside as something of an extreme one-off situation that was not the tip of some iceberg that we have to worry about. Now, it doesn't mean it's all clear, everything's great, we don't know what the Fed's going to do, we don't know what CPI is Tuesday, all the rest of it. But it does tell you that there was no particular reason that there had to be some kind of disorderly chain reaction. And and this is the cash, and let's just use, again, sort of a made-up of Santoli
0: Corp. You've got uh, uh, 75 employees making $100,000 a year. You're, on a, you're, on a, you're overpaying a, half those people. Every, yeah. every two weeks you pay, your weekly payroll is $312,000. So the two hundred and fifty under the FDIC is not even sure. enough to make one week's payroll. <laughs> I think what we can establish from well, this is that there's probably going to be a lot of small business owners, mid-sized business owners, and employees who are feeling a lot more, rele-
3: was, more relieved a, at a all. There
0: was a
1: $500 million facility that First Republic offered today. For anybody who was a Silicon Valley company depositor, Santoli, Mm -hmm. that was gone within minutes. So 500 million that one good bank was lending to another bank's
0: depositors, gone. So that's one of the reasons why this was incredibly important. Okay, let's go now. We're going to get a lot more. I think the headline Steve brought signature bank. It is being shut down by the federal government, but they are protected. Kayla in D.C., thank you for your patience. I know you've got some more reporting on this.
5: Um, yeah, Brian, well, we know that regulators have been discussing these actions since um, the the early hours Saturday morning. And it became fairly clear by Saturday night that what was being discussed was this idea that there was a systemic risk exception where the Fed would be able to essentially provide uh, limitless funds or whatever it felt was deemed necessary in order to stem any perceived or real contagion in the markets uh, or in the sector uh, by backstopping all of these depositors, making them whole. And I think if there's one thing that stands out to me from every single one of these statements, it is that taxpayers will not bear any of the cost of this, that management has been removed, and that debt holders and other securities uh, will not see the benefits of the programs that are being announced. But essentially, it tells you that the government was worried that money was going to flow out of other institutions, that there would be runs on other banks. You guys mentioned what they're doing with Signature. uh, But essentially, the Fed is expanding its own balance sheet to write a check to some of these companies to make sure that it doesn't get any worse and to inject more confidence in the system. Uh, What they feared was what you were just talking about, these companies not able to make payroll, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people's livelihoods on the line uh, because of the money that they had uh, that they had stored at Silicon Valley Bank, and it became very clear uh, within the last 24 hours that that they were going to be recommending uh, making these depositors whole. What just came out uh, in my reporting earlier this afternoon was that they were also exploring this uh, this new funding. Uh, that other banks would be able to apply for as well, not just the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank, and and this really tells you that they want to shore up the entire system. They don't want to leave any stone unturned, and they told lawmakers today, Treasury and the, and regulators told lawmakers today when they briefed them that they are still hoping that an auction yields a sale here. Sale here, that is still their priority. But certainly, if you're a potential buyer of Silicon Valley Bank, or perhaps we might hear. Signature Bank in the future uh, that one of your big concerns is, you know, are are depositors going to be showing up at your front door uh, with pitchforks? And what what is is your responsibility then as the new owner of the company? And they're trying to at least solve that variable uh, so they can close the books on this one.
3: That's very important. And and the reason it's important is because uh, Kayla, excellent reporting, because J.P. Morgan was tasked tasks. Taxed with the sins of the companies that it bought in the past, so there's been a reluctance. Except for the WAMU deal, yeah. Except yeah. For the WAMU well, deal. let me let me just say something here. I believe this program at the Fed is open until March 11, 2024. So it's a full wow. year they're making this open. Is Kayla still there, Kayla? I just want to ask you, to the extent there are costs to this program in terms of insuring the uninsured depositors, does it come from the deposit? Uh, uh, resolution fund? Is that where it comes from? Or the deposit restitution fund? I can't remember what, na- what that's actually called. Um,
5: I don't know the official name of it. I know when I was toggling between all of the different statements that the agencies put out, I believe it was in at least one of those statements, but I don't have the exact name of it off the top of my head, so I'll refrain from saying that. So but one of Thing that i think steve is interesting to explore here is that you know this is really regulators you know who were trying to solve a five alarm fire but ultimately they had to bring their recommendations to the treasury department and to president biden who has been consulting with uh, you know various stakeholders and very closely with the treasury secretary all throughout the weekend and ultimately the final call was theirs and to go inside and to pull back the curtain of an administration who, you know, certainly wants to have an economy that is strong. They don't want to have a banking crisis that they're seen being responsible for, but they also don't want to be seen bailing out banks. So right. trying to find a structure that works that they felt so this was only a
3: five alarm fire, Kayla. If they let it be a five alarm right. fire, it was really a one alarm fire, and it was the fear that it could become bigger if they didn't do something. Very quickly from a well, I would say, was,
0: Steve, I would say it was a two alarm fire. If you consider the other alarm, clearly Fair was enough. signature Fair bank, enough. which again was closed right. today, today donation, I, by state authorities. Signature looks much, much more like silver. Kayla,
1: the president's landing in California tomorrow. I know it's Southern California, but do you think that uh, it would be pretty embarrassing for the president if there were bank lines everywhere the moment he landed?
5: <laughs> Certainly wouldn't be a good look, Jim. I think that's safe to say.
1: I think, look, I don't think this is as much as political as the idea that there are huge, small and business. You know, it's almost a cliche that we want to save small, medium-sized businesses. Will there be some venture capital funds that will be yes. bailed out by this? And I use the word bailout there just because I want to be pejorative. But the fact is, is that there would be a recession in five days if they hadn't done this.
3: Let me tell you what a uh, A recession a former- in five days recession had they done this. Not- oh, how?
1: Connect the dots on that.
3: Well, because the collapse here is
1: significant. This is a huge part of the American economy, and there also would be, a, as you know, Steve, the policy— of our country is not to have great concentration of a handful of banks. But we would have that. And the deposit removal of the small community-sized business would be unfathomable. I I want to explain that,
2: Uh, Sully.
0: Let me me address something that a lot of people have asked over the weekend and put on Twitter and everything else, which is how did this bank become so powerful? And I want to be clear on something. And I saw documents. Thank you, by the way, to my sources who sent me some of their documents. Silicon Valley Bank, I think their mouth... Feasance or whatever word you Oh, want to no. Use. Come on. No. No, no. Hold no, on. The they mistakes. Mistakes. They made some serious know, mistakes. Well, this was not a mistake. What I'm going to say, which is if you banked with Silicon Valley Bank, and I saw the documents myself, I'll put them online, you could not bank with any not other illegal. bank. Not illegal, shouldn't have been the pause. Correct. So people have been online and said, well, we you've got 20 million. Why not put 5 million in four different no, banks? Think, if you bank with right. Silicon Valley Bank, the documents, which I have laid eyes on myself, barred you from doing that. All 20. Had to be with SIDB. Well, IGB. let's for this,
1: way, um, And that's, that's true. Uh, it is very easy to say that that was a failure of the government to let them do that. But I certainly don't want to say there was any malfeasance. There was, Steve, you know this, a colossal bet. They got a huge amount of influence. 000, 250% of deposits came in since 2019. They put them long. They went long.
3: And they weren't hedged. No, they, long.
1: they hedged. did nothing to hedge. They well, bought a lot of 10-year government paper. They did not buy the stuff of 2008. Yeah. Nine. What's interesting, Steve, is why didn't the bank examiner say, you guys have way too much. Uh, well, here's here's the that, other, that not, here, and that, we're going to dig that, in. That was here, held
0: to maturity. Here's the other aspect of Silicon Valley what Bank. A d- durational here, risk. i the think aspect. they didn't
1: understand the term duration? Well, maybe because there, like there was no there there to
0: Here's maybe, no, let me, let me. Guess what did you just say? They didn't have a risk officer. That's it. The, the former, now former chief risk officer, according to her LinkedIn profile, left in May of 2022. That was the old. That the, was the, new, first. the new CRO was hired in this January. So eight months, Silicon Valley Bank, well, by the way, doubling their, doubling their, their assets, their deposits in 2021, or 2020, rather, the fastest and most aggressive interest rate move in modern history. Well, they got did it not have a chief risk officer. They got officer. it
1: wrong. I mean, they how getting, do you
0: operate without a CRO well, well, at a Remember bank of the, of the that Federal level. Reserve did drive
1: long rates down. It, it's not look, I'm not saying they were stupid. I am saying
3: that they needed to they wanted more interest. So they went longer on the curve. How many times Jimmy have we seen companies what is it? The kingdom for a horse? Yeah, it was. For a quarter, for okay. a half, it was. for gotcha. something. These guys were concentrated. So that's the issue why I was saying a one or a two alarm fire. Very unique by four separate we, aspects.
0: We hold on, guys. we got a long way to go. We were supposed to be on live at 7, a lot of breaking news. So if you are just joining us right now, it is 6.33 p.m. on the East Coast, 3.33 p.m. Right. in Santa Clara where SIVB is based. And, and remember, this was we had a lot of positive news. So for those who were panicked
1: all weekend, that they may be an incorrect. They can have a good cocktail to
0: Monday morning. Good cocktail, not a bad cocktail. Well, all right, here, yes and you know what I mean by that. No, no, all right, I here know. is the latest on this developing situation: the Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC announcing an emergency lending facility and a new funding program to help stabilize the banking system. The Treasury, Fed, and FDIC in a joint statement. That's key. They were joint. They were all together saying. Silicon Valley bank depositors, meaning people just cash or perhaps loans on their books, will have access to 100 percent of their money. That is key. Not 80 percent, not 90, 100 percent beginning tomorrow. Now, new news. Regulators also announcing that New York's signature bank, heavy in crypto as well, is but that, was was sh- that was New York State. That was New York State financial Let's get that it clear. It was okay. New York State financial regulator. Right. It was shut down today. But if you have your money in SIG, Signature Bank, you will also be made completely whole. Now, there were some other banks that the market beat up on Friday. I don't want to mention their names for obvious reasons, Jim. Those were not mentioned. Right. We are pleased to be joined now by Gary Cohn, obviously popping on uh, former CFO of Goldman Sachs and many other things. Gary Uh, Thank you. By the way, Sunday, thank you for joining us. What is your reaction to this news?
6: Well, I think it was the complete right thing to do. I I really don't think the Fed had a choice. Why not? Why not? Well,
0: look, we, we were in a
6: position here where you could make a tough decision or you could make a really tough decision. They made the tough decision. The tough decision was to go out and stem the crisis before it really became a crisis. So you go out and save what ended up being two banks, as you just reported, or else you could let the markets open tomorrow and have all investors move their money out of the banking system. And then we'd be exactly in the place the Fed has been trying to avoid for the last decade, which is have five or six main banks in the United States. Mm-hmm. By doing this, we're preserving smaller regional banks we, in the Somebody
0: country. said, I'm going to quote somebody, and you, I can't remember who it was. Forgive me out there if you said it, to credit to you. We went from too bank to too big to fail back then to perhaps too small to succeed, not saying that Silicon Valley Bank was small. But Gary, there are some pretty smart people out there. Jim Bianco and a few others who have said, this is way overblown. This was <laughs> not gonna be systemic. This was not gonna be a crisis. Would you tell them that they are ill-advised and have not done their I,
3: quick, why I like? want to offer a quick quote from Krishna Guha, former Fed official, now working at Evercore SI. So he said to me, the systemic risk may not be that great. The question, the question is whether or not you want to run that experiment.
0: Gary, you seem pretty certain that this would have been, Jim said, a recession um, in five days, systemic.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Look, no rational human being would have left their money in a small bank, one that the Fed would have allowed to default on their savings. No business could run that risk. Look, and we're in a really unique situation right now. You can buy one month or six month treasury bills at over five percent. You can have full faith and credit of the United States government, take no bank risk whatsoever, get out of the banking system and earn 5% in, in many ways in a tax preferred way. Think of what that means to the U.S. economy. I, I think what we're, we're missing here is how important banks are to the economic stability and economic growth of this country. We put money into banks. We deposit money into banks. Banks then turn around and lend that money. They lend that money for people to buy homes. They lend that money for people to go to school. They lend that money for credit cards. If banks don't have deposits, Mm. that whole ecosystem disappears. The economic growth of this country changes dramatically when bank deposits go away.
0: And there are millions of small businesses in America right now, no doubt if they're watching us or listening to us, that are breathing a huge sigh of relief. More importantly, their employees are breathing a huge sigh of relief. Based on what you have seen and know about Silicon Valley's balance sheet. And again, I want, to, I want to make clear what Jim was saying at the beginning of the show. They were not buying CLO squares. and They were buying primarily agency-backed, mortgage-backed securities. They screwed up on, on the duration risk of their debt. Did they have an irresponsible balance sheet?
6: Here, here's what we know. And I think Jim said this before. We know they had some loans that a lot of other banks would not have that J.P. Morgan would not have had, that Citibank would not have, Bank of America would not have. They are Silicon Valley Bank. The big industry in Silicon Valley is tech, VCs, private equity. They had some fairly substantial loans to growth companies, to startup country companies, to entrepreneurs in those companies where they lent against the stock in those companies. They had larger exposure to the growth tech world, than any other bank. And as a per- percentage of balance sheet, they had a much larger exposure to that.
0: Were they too powerful in their niche? Because
1: They were I, a niche I, in a, I, I, very, a I, big I, but niche I, market. I wouldn't say that. They, they were I won't successful go for 40 years. I wouldn't go there. They
6: were successful for right. 40 right. years, so so not a bit.
1: but they did They did have an unusual yeah. secure, amount of securities losses on their bonds yeah. and an unusual amount of concentration of non... We want sticky deposits. We want a J.P. Morgan pastiche. We didn't get that here. But, you know, Steve, I, I think that we've got to avoid the following, saying that they did anything that was, that was unethical. They did a lot of things that I think were too risky. But I also ask you, when a bank examiner came in to see them in the last four months, why were they OK with that, the concentration of money at that particular part of the
3: yield curve? So I don't know the answer to that. My guess is... They evaluated essentially a merchant bank under a different sort of of, of criteria. They were a bank that came in and, and they provided. Remember, one of the things that gave them certain confidence in their loans was this idea that you had to have a deposit there. Mm-hmm. My understanding right. from a technical <laughs> so, uh, from a person who was involved in this is the loans were actually small. Yes, they you got are. Got a million dollar long loan, long. and you had a ten million dollar deposit. I'll take that trade all day long. Let me just do one thing because we have to do due diligence on this. Which is this: there's another side to this story, and that side is moral hazard. Mm-hmm. And I think you are Mr. The, the, the perfect person to address that. Why have we not created massive moral hazard by bailing out the uninsured depositors? Is that Shouldn't word even they, right? Is
0: bail out the right well, word? Well,
3: well, I mean, that is, making, just, good. Making, just say making good, making good. good. B- I'm sorry. Involved. Whatever you want to say, here, not buying should not it. the uninsured depositors? have been got what's coming to them, which is they were not insured. No, some were insuring them, and essentially we're backstopping the banking system, which perhaps presages a major change in policy in America right now.
6: Perhaps it does. But look, I, I, you, you said this before I got here. I was listening to you. You know, look, the taxpayers are not paying for this. First of all, we need, we need to, to, to state that. We need to state that clearly. There are plenty of assets on this balance sheet that the money that is coming out of the government right now will be repaid. And if history repeats itself, the government will probably make a bunch of money off of this. That's what they did in 08. The bailout of the of the TARP banks. TARP ended up being a fairly profitable experiment for the U.S. government. I assume the U.S. government's going to get paid relatively well for bailing out. Or I won't even say bailing out. I will say allowing these depositors, allowing these depositors. To get their money back in, fall.
3: I think they're using the deposit insurance fund, which is paid they, for by the banks. Is my is they, what, is what I'm guessing? I do not know that actually.
6: Well, if they if they use the systemic risk exemption, which was in Dodd Frank, right. which is part of Title Two, right, it's not quite sure. I think. You're the right it, guy
3: to be doing this here, it, Gary. Right? It, well, I lived call, through Title Two. Call, I mean,
0: this, this is be, Title Two. This is there's a whole the the political talk shows are going to have. A field yeah, day. Well, that's tomorrow. but that's America.
1: It, it, it is. is in reality. Fair enough. But they don't really understand. Put talks to us about what a loan book means. Yep. They don't understand that you know there was very little risk, as you know, to that actual loan book. You now, yes, they they did something that you wouldn't have done, which is made massive loans against stock that doesn't exist yet. But the idea that the, you look at their, <laughs> the bonds they had and their loan book, the government will so-called clean up when it yeah. finishes this, yeah. this the unwind.
6: We, we all know the government bonds are maturing at 100 cents of the dollar.
0: Shocker. Yeah, we all know that.
1: <laughs> even, oh, just saying, even the ones that are held to maturity. Even the ones that are held to maturity. <laughs> well, I wonder, given, to... given
0: their holdings of, of mortgages, I do wonder if if Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, Ro Khanna, he was on the tape, yeah. if they were worried about the impact on an already mm-hmm. shaky mm-hmm. California no, that, housing oh, Well,
1: let me tell you, I, I, having done some work with most of that this afternoon, rather than be with my daughter, I would say the absolute <laughs> answer is yes, many times. And as a matter of fact, I think that the... Yeah. The governor of California worked very closely with the president of the United States well into last night. The issue had been whether Janet Yellen, how she felt about the moral hazard, particularly by the way, the $3 billion is going to go to bail out this circle situation involving crypto. But I think that, you know, Gary, you know better than I do that there are a lot of banks that would go under if you didn't. There are banks that I don't want to mention that are really good banks, some in in major states that had nothing to do other than the fact that they happened to come close yeah. to the edge. Yeah. And, and
6: look, you've got to look at the other side of this issue as well. I, I, I think we've got to look at this from both sides. So if you don't do what the, the, the Fed and the FDIC did today and you allow those deposits to not get paid off, what message are you sending? You are sending a message to depositors and businesses around the United States to handle their financial affairs in a completely different fashion than we have our entire life or in our entire existence. What are the intended and unintended consequences of that? And I think they're pretty dramatic. And we go back to how our economy grows. Our economy grows Through consumption, our economy grows through consumers going to banks and using banks, using leverage, buying houses, taking out mortgages, using their credit cards, charging on their credit cards, school loans. Everything we do is somewhat related to borrowing money from banks. The only way banks can lend money is if they get deposits in. If we make deposits so unattractive that the alternative of treasuries or something else that's more secure is where you're going to keep your, your money, you're going to have a, a dramatic
1: consequence on Why the U.S. economy. Why didn't they find a
0: buyer?
6: Look, I don't, I don't know.
1: None of us none of the Why didn't they find a buyer? Oh, they, had, they yeah. had several banks on the line. Yeah, they 50 were not cents of the banks. dollar, right? No, now, yeah. no, not at all. No. Much higher. The problem was the banks on the line are not the banks that we're familiar with because the government doesn't want any further concentration other than 10%. So, Gary, you know, I mean, I don't look. I did a lot of work on the city. It's absolutely certain that there were several banks that were on the hook, including one major bank that was very interested because the, of the idea that there would be some money made. I, don't, I think the government was sensitive to the idea that there would be a lot of money made and didn't want any one particular bank to profit.
6: Jim, that that could be, but I I agree with Jim. There were there were banks there were there were banks around this. I, <laughs> we won't say anything. I, no there need. were there were ba- there were banks around this. There were yeah, there were a bunch several, of banks several. in the room.
0: What I do mean, you think then was the sticking point? Do you think there was enough interest to buy it, but the government was like, no, you're too big. So if you oh, buy it, it's a more elegant solution to do it this way. But if way? you're the government and you're looking for a buyer for the bank, how can you then turn around and say, not you? No, so, no, it wasn't you. like that. It was not it had, no, it had to do with speed. I mean, because
1: any bank would be foolish to be worried. They might say, listen, we, we don't know what's really in there. How much more elegant it is to say, look, we will make good on the deposits. Therefore, people won't pull the deposit out. No need to create a failure and then a sale. So, yes, it's possible that a bank could do it. But it would be uh, I think it would really cause much more moral hazard than you realize, given the fact, the, given the fact that the loan book is good. Their bond portfolio was good. Whoever did it would only do it, it at, a, at a percent to yeah. the dollar, and they crush it. It would yes, seem attractive. Really, you you Look, buy it. You what, collect you a couple You want to make a hundred small hundred? bank, a large bank overnight? I mean, two banks that were considered that were that they very had, much wanted it
0: are banks that we would not want to have it. 2,500 venture capital clients of some of the richest firms in the world. $200 billion in deposits. Most of that is just in mortgage-backed. I, I, about, I am a little confused. How about by thousands by of companies? Let's how bring about we look at another. How about thousands Fair of companies?
1: Enough. I, 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 I dealt with voice. two companies today. I said, Jim, will you please go on? Let's Our, let's Our, company's Our company's about to close Hold tonight. Hold on, sit tight, Gary. One stay
0: patience. I We're not letting you leave. I got time. You're not, time. You're not leaving. Where are we going? You're not leaving. He looks great. He looks great. And by the way, futures. Wife says hi. Futures. They look great. Dow futures up 300. NASDAQ futures up a higher on a percentage basis, which makes perfect sense. Bring in CNBC contributor Peter Bookbar. He is the chief investment officer of Bleakley Financial Group, writes The Book Report. Peter, welcome your reaction.
7: Well, we went into the weekend as just a very binary event. Either 100 percent of the uninsured deposits were going to be backstopped or not, whether it was the government, the Fed, the Treasury or some other buyer. And now that we have that backstop, the markets are going to celebrate. Uh, It doesn't necessarily answer the problems. Uh, of what happens from here in terms of the economic impact, banks that are going to have mm-hmm. to raise deposit rates across the board. I mean, from going forward, I'm much more worried about bank profitability than bank balance sheets, because loan margins are going to get squeezed and the country's probably going to have some sort of a, a credit crunch going forward. If, oh, no, it, come on. Right please, standpoint. please.
1: That is just absolutely, I would say, an extremist view. To call it no, a credit crunch? No, no. credit crunch uh, no, no. Cool, credit We, crunch the, in we terms do not of use those words margin. on air unless we want something to happen like a credit crunch, like I saw last Thursday when I saw people who are allegedly responsible who caused a run on this bank. I think it's there, possible. A big it's possible between a credit no, crunch no, and no, a no, there sheet is so much money sloshing around. There is not a question of not being able to get loans. I think you could say the profitability. I was with you until you said that. I'm just saying profitability cost could be hurt.
7: To so, to but you, when you come on air
1: and you say certain things that make it so, I would tell you, cause a problem in themselves. I'm just going to finish my point. Then it's not—no, wait a second. If your point is to make it so that there are people who are fearful at home for no reason, I'm not going to let that point be made.
7: No, I, what I said was I'm not worried about bank balance sheets is exactly what I said. I'm more worried about just bank profitability generally as they raise deposit rates to retain deposits— and loan margins shrink, and there could be just less lending. That's not an economic crisis. That's just the economic G- consequences Gary, where of would the, the it's it, a big
1: difference. Where would the deposits go if they're not good at one bank and good at another? Would well, I take my money out of Goldman and put it at Morgan Stanley with getting a better return? No, look, I, I
6: think when you're in the top five, six banks, right. you're, not, you're not moving from bank A to that bank you think
1: money P. comes from Comaric and PNC to J.P. Morgan because of this? I today
6: I don't. Right. Had had we not had this action overnight or during the day today, I would have been concerned about that.
1: Right. And the people who were betting against those banks would would profit. I'm not trying to go against the shorts, but I think we all I'm saying is, is that, you know, we had a major miss tonight of what could have happened. And I'm not going to suddenly start saying, but it's still bad, because the fact is, is that we came very close to the precipice on Friday. The policymakers acted wisely. Well, and tomorrow it will be not business as usual. I don't know. But it'll be, but it will be something that is not uh, anything that will bring down the, the market
0: or the economy. I want to be optimistic, uh, Peter Buchfar. I'm going to let you make a final point. Where do you think future, futures right now? Throw them back up, guys. Green on the screen. A lot of people breathing a sigh of relief. Small business owners. By the way, I do also want to say we worry about the Silicon 8,500 Silicon Valley Bank employees. They probably don't have a job tomorrow and I'm wondering if they no, have several. No,
1: no, no. The research department has already said business as usual. Do not say that. Business,
0: they will. No, they, I, said,
1: they didn't I didn't say already for say sure. Business I said we as don't usual. They sent it out. They sent two notes out. Business as usual. I've been in contact with them. So the, the, branches, out, them. So the, the, the branches will be there. The, research, the people no, Not will be the there. branches. The research department research is separate. Department. Is separate. Okay. That's Moffitt, Nathanson, that's some people who just came right. over from right. J.P. Morgan. That's Larink. I don't want anyone to think those are done because they're already issuing research And
0: hopefully it's all 8,500. I want to make sure that, you know, there are other things involved, Peter. If we didn't, if we didn't get this news of this 100% backstop slash rescue slash bailout, where do you think futures would be? <laughs>
7: well, then of course they'd be worries about the bank runs and everything else, and we'd be much lower. So certainly a crisis averted. I'm grateful for a lot of these small, medium-sized businesses that they're going to have access to their money tomorrow, and and likely the Fed has probably done raising interest rates because they again did so too aggressively and broke things. And uh, now we can just maybe focus on the economic impact rather than the failures of banks.
0: I was Peter Brookfarr. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, Gary, I was on a, a Twitter spaces yesterday with Bill Ackman. There was 15,000 people on it. And he said something. He said, if, if this isn't done, meaning the bailout, the rescue, whatever you want to call it, we just got done. The Federal Reserve might have to cut interest rates. Okay. You know, look, I think everyone's
6: entitled to their opinions here. <laughs> I, I'm still pretty convinced the Fed's going 25. Okay, I think 25 is pretty much. Now, let in. me ask
0: you a different question, I, Jim. Chime in. Is this quote over? And I'll tell you why I say that. Yeah. Number one, Signature Bank shut down today. We know that. I'm, I'm loath to mention other banks, but there are. I'm looking on my screen right now. One, two, three that are down over 40 percent in a week, including a 27 percent drop. For one of the biggest retail brokerage firms.
1: Yeah, that one I don't have an answer for. And, and you know what I'm
0: There's three banks that, right. that regional banks, not the one we just talked about, which is Schwab. You figured it out. Yep. PacWest, First Republic, Western Alliance. Don't know about not, PacWest. Know not about Western mentioned Western by the Federal Reserve in Steve's release.
1: I don't know if this is over for them. It, it's problematic for them. We have to find out exactly. We don't know whether the sticky deposit base or not. We don't, we know. don't know.
0: do we know why Charles Schwab is down
1: 27%? Well, they more. apparently had some degree of an issue involving their some funding. But, you know, look, that's a very good bank. And I would imagine that after what happened uh, when, with, with the problem with Silicon Valley and how you know, First Republic's fine, I think that that's going to allow Schwab, if it has to do something, and I don't even know if it has to do something, to be able to raise some money. Yeah. It's, a, it's a coveted franchise. It is. It is. Look, I, I'm not faulting Silicon Valley
6: for this, but when you look at their uninsured versus insured deposits ratio, right. that's, you know, they were 97% uninsured deposits. You know, if you look at these other banks that you're talking about, they have a higher percentage of insured deposits, meaning they have a smaller, more retaily deposit base. Which will help them out. There's stickier deposits. I think there's an opportunity for these banks now, with this action that we've seen today, for these banks to go out and raise liquidity. And it may be as simple as going out into the CD market and offering, right. you know, high rate CDs. I'm gonna, for some period of time. Right. But there's there's ways to bring liquidity. Right. In. I have a feeling you will... about that, But
1: you know that there's also even at this level of Schwab, if someone acted quickly. Remember, General Atlantic was trying to act quickly with Goldman Sachs mm-hmm. to save this bank on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, I don't want to pick on Schwab. I think it's such a great bank. It's a great retail. But that stock was trading down more heavily, so we have to answer that. I think if they needed to do something after what happened this a- evening, they can do it. Uh, I don't want to, you know, like we're all in this position all of us on air. It's awkward. I mean, there were some things said online and things said on Twitter uh, that amounted to maybe, maybe some of them meant well-intentioned. It really did create a, a bit of panic. And I think that it's our job to
0: some degree to just tell the story. There, there, are, there are. and We've got Meletti of Allspring on the phone in just a second. But I want to ask you one question, Gary, which you'll probably, be, I don't know if you'll touch this one or not, but I'm going to ask you. I talked to people over the weekend that were, I was going to use a different word, angry, tick, ticked <laughs> off. You can imagine what that word was at Goldman because that the equity raise, public equity raise spooked people at Silicon Valley Bank, mm-hmm. spooked investors, spooked depositors. Should these equity raises be that in the open? Look, I think equity raises traditionally are fairly in the open.
6: Hmm. You you want to get as wide a a, a spectrum as buyers. You want to market your deal pretty broadly. You know, look, look, I I, I've been on the other side of these these situations. I've been out of the, the, the banking industry for five years. But, you know, when you go and market a deal and you don't show it to people, a lot of people are angry. Hey, why didn't you show that to me? And at the end of the day, as a underwriter, you're trying to deliver the best price possible to your client. You're find. You're trying to find the clearing price where the issuer can issue and buyers are happy to buy. And that means
0: showing it to a wide audience. Because I think there's the post-mortem, and I don't want to say post-mortem because there's still a lot going on. People are, there's a lot of blame because that's the next leg of this mm-hmm. stool is unfortunately we're, we're a nation that we want to, you know, sometimes well-deserved. Let's bring in now Ann Milletti of Allspring Global Investments, head of active equity. We've got Dow futures up more than 300 points. and uh, i got to imagine from an equity perspective, nothing but relief.
8: <laughs> well, it's been a wild weekend um, for everyone out there, but um, a little bit of a release, certainly in the banking sector, but that does transition over to the market in general, as you guys have been talking about. And I think this failure and the apparent um, fallout effects of it would have had some big impacts across the market. And um, I do think that's why the Fed and Treasury and Federal Reserve step- stepped in.
0: Do you feel – I know – Futures are up, it's great news. The news, by the way, if people are just joining us, basically the Federal Reserve, I'm gonna summarize it very basically, 100% of depositors are going to be covered. You can get your money out. It is protected even above that 250,000 level. There is the news. Do you feel this is quote unquote over, Ann?
8: Well, what's not over is that failures happen and bankruptcies happen. Um, But, you know, we've had a lot of bailouts the last several years, and I think investors are getting pretty used to them. And what we have to realize is we're in a new regime. There's higher rates, higher inflation, and we're going to see bankruptcies happen. And there's not going to be bailouts for everyone. Um, Certainly the Fed and the Treasury, FDIC, are not going to be available to help all companies. And so that's why it's critically important that we're focused on balance sheets, free cash flow, and management teams that have great risk control and experience through difficult times, right? And all of those things really, really do matter in this kind of environment. To me, it just makes the case for more for active management than ever before. I want to know the companies that I own at this point of the cycle, and I want to be diversified.
0: Are you you certain... Uh, maybe certain is the wrong word. We're going to, by the way, bring in a, a fund manager, Anton Schutz, who's who's one of the leading, if not the leading bank specialists in America in a few minutes. So this might be out of necessarily sort of the, your focus area and sort of more active equity uh, in general. But do you worry? I mean, futures, are, but do you worry that there are other? Usually what we found with 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 banks is that when there is one cockroach, there are many. Well, there,
8: you're right. I mean, this environment um, you know, part of what we were working on all weekend was trying to figure out, you know, okay, this, and clearly the market even Friday, right? What banks have similar um, things that matched up with Silicon um, Bank? And clearly, you know, there were issues there. I think a lot of these other banks that were down a lot on Friday actually were in pretty good standing. But, it doesn't mean that they would stay that way for a long time if there's panic in the market and you know it's just today's world is not the same as it used to be with all social media news flow 24 hours a day it increases the panic not not that only investors have but that people you know that have their money deposited in these banks have and so it can create real runs on the bank and i think that's the that's the biggest concern um that, you know, the government has right now and why there has to be some protection. But I think the other side of that is this is why we have to demand that there's better risk controls out there.
0: Well, they they, they did not have a. They did not. According to the, the published reports and looking at LinkedIn data, there was no chief risk officer for eight months. At Silicon Valley Bank and Mileti, thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right, folks, it is 6.59 p.m. here on the East Coast, 3.59 out west, Santa Clara, California, the capital of SBB. And we have got a whole other hour to go.
9: This is a CNBC special report,
3: America's banking crisis. We are here tonight to explain what's next after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank a bank that
2: touches a large part of the American economy. This new crisis is pouring risk and fear into the financial system to a degree we haven't seen since the great 2008 financial meltdown. We'll get you ahead of tomorrow's market reaction as we run through the scenarios for stocks, the economy, and the possibility of government action.
3: Our special report starts right now. Here's Brian Sullivan.
0: All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the CNBC special, America's Banking Crisis. I am Brian Sullivan. We had planned to start right now. The show, you can see that open that we we put together, but we actually started about 50 minutes ago because there have been so many breaking developments, not only this hour, but in the previous hour, all after the aftermath of Silicon Valley Bank's collapse. Here is... As of now, the very latest for those of you just tuning in a short time ago, the Fed announced an emergency lending facility to all eligible banks to alleviate pressure on the banking system and reassure all depositors, adding that it is, quote, prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise. And, quote, additionally, this is key depositors at Silicon Valley Bank that about 200 billion in deposits will be fully protected 100 percent able to access all of their money beginning tomorrow morning. By the way, that program will last for one year. Meantime, regulators have closed New York-based Signature Bank. But like Silicon Valley Bank, all deposits will be protected. But state regulators shut down Signature Bank today. Now, this was probably, and Jim can jump in on this, the best possible outcome for the equity market. There was a lot of fear coming into the markets really tomorrow morning, but right now... And look at that. That is a live trade on Dow Futures. Dow Futures, Nasdaq, S&P, they are soaring. By the way, there was, by some reports, $1 trillion in notional value of put options put in place against the S&P 500 on Friday. Safe to say, those hedge fund managers, they may not have a job on Monday. All right, we have got our team of reporters in all angles of the story. Steve Leisman, he's literally right now on the phone with the Fed. Hugh Sun, who covers banks. Deirdre Bosa out west. Kayla Tausche in G- D.C. We've got Jim Kramer here to my left. Of course, Mad Money host. And we've got Gary Cohn. By the way, Gary, thank you. Really Glad appreciate you. you jumping on. Of all the headlines, Jim, that we have had, and there's a lot, we'll get through them. What's the most important?
1: The most important is we're not going to open down 1,000 points tomorrow and be in recession. By the Would it have been page? more than that? you think? Conceivably. I mean, I think that this was... Um, Circuit breakers? They averted disaster because, frankly, there's no reason to keep your money in a small, medium-sized bank after this. Now, again, this bank is very different from others. It does not look like any other bank. It also made a very bad bet on where it bought... what, <laughs> where in the yield curve it bought government bonds. But, Gary, I think it's safe to say that those who are trying to find something wrong with what the government did doesn't realize the speed with which they act was pretty pretty impressive.
6: Yeah, no, they did what they needed to do. You know, like, unfortunately, I remember back to 2008 all too well. I'm sure all of us do. You know, the key in 2008 is the, the government is always trying to get to Friday so they could work it out over the weekend. The point. They were lucky. You know, the Fed clearly, the, I'm sorry, the FDIC clearly got into Silicon Valley. It looks like Thursday night or at least the California regulators got in Thursday night. By Friday lunchtime, they were shut down. Between Friday lunchtime and this afternoon, California time, they resolved this. And they used the actions that they had put on the books during uh, after the 2008 crisis, the Dodd-Frank resolution, the systemic resolution. They used the policies that they put in place after 2008. They used them the way they had practiced many, many times. And they and they and they're executing on their plan. This is exactly how they had exercised these moments over the last five years. And, th-
0: and th- you made this point earlier in the program, but a lot of people, we told them 7 o'clock, Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, oh, so they showed fit. up now. Thank you, by the way. You made this point, and this is going to be a critical point because there's going to be a lot of political blowback on this. This is not a bailout of the shareholders. They are wiped out. The bondholders in Silicon Valley Bank, they're probably wiped out as well. $34 billion as of Friday. Gone. Yeah. This, is, this is protecting the depo- the cash and some of the loan book, making sure that if you had $10 million in the bank, because that's your payroll at your 500 person company, that that 10 million that is cash will be will be paid and protected. Your employees can be paid. And to your point, the taxpayer may actually make some money off this.
6: That's how it's set up. It is set up to use a specialized fund that was created in Dodd-Frank resolution where they can put money into banks and the government has the ability to do this, and, and it's not using taxpayer money. They will ultimately get repaid, and, and most likely, they will make a very handsome return.
1: And those who are angry, there's a little small print in this deal which says that the FDIC is going to levy a tax against all banks if there's a problem. So that's not been reported yet. So, that's not been reported? No. and, and it so it. Well, Hey, great job, Mike. Look, Wait, that's right, the I mean. believe we call that no, breaking news. No, no, no it's, no. it's in the agreement. They will, look, they're trying to... That's like the Bernie Sanders solution. <laughs> huh? They're just trying to make sure that the taxpayer is not on right. the hook. But, you know, we, we spoke earlier to, to uh, a money man, to some managers. And, you know, who's next? Okay. There, could there be people be next? Gary, you, you've invested for a living. You know that any financial entity that, at the absolute low, bought 10-, 15-year bonds... That is a suspect institution right now. If they put the majority of their money, in well, that.
6: look, they could have bought them. They needed to put an interest rate hedge on. They,
1: you know, there's there's two
3: ways. There's, yeah. there's
6: multiple ways the risk we have to risk I'm they getting have. back to my, to my roots here. Right. But look, the, you know, it's one thing to buy them and put a hedge on. It's another thing to buy them and not hedge. Okay. Exactly. I, I want like, there's what there's what ways to the manage that, that
0: this bank. 16th biggest bank in America, now the second biggest failure since the financial crisis, had no chief risk officer for months, for months. They just hired a new one this January, right? So there clearly, Gary, was, and I'm going to get to Kayle in just a second, clearly some kind of lapse with duration risk. And I don't want to get into the weeds about this. What they bought, and they weren't buying crazy, weird instruments like in 2008. Well, the this wrong was part of the government curve. debt They needed to pick up a little. Hold, hold the maturity, long-term government debt and, and mortgage bonds, where did they screw up the most?
6: Look, it, it, it's hard for me to tell you where they screwed up the most in, in, best in guess. five days of hey, knowledge. Best guess. Look, they, they clearly didn't have an interest rate hedge on. They clearly, as, as Jim said, right. they went out, they bought a security, and they sort of drew a line in the sand on the security. Yeah. That's not, to me, great risk management, although I don't know enough to make that a definitive statement. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go out and you're going to buy a security, you better have some optionality around it. And so, you know, good risk management, you would have put some you would have put some hedges right. around it's it kind of shocking, one way or another.
1: Exactly. Right. Well, but look,
6: I think there's an important point to be made here, not specific to, 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 to this bank. But remember, we have banks that have liquidity runs or run out of liquidity every year. If we didn't, we would not have the FDIC. And we would not pay an FDIC insurance every year. You can go through the FDIC register and you will see every year there are banks bailed out by the FDIC. Usually they're small, little regional banks, banks we don't hear about. But a run on a bank is not an abnormal situation in the United States. It just becomes abnormal when it's a top 20 bank or a top 30 bank with pretty significant reserves and Mm. pretty significant deposits. But, look, this is somewhat... Standard operating procedure, and, and what we should be comfortable with here on a Sunday night, is
0: the system worked. We went through store. Well, oh, didn't we? Wait, Gary, hold on. Didn't we make a new system? Didn't that? No, no, just not the not no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all.
1: Not at all. I don't not believe at it. all. This is what they've said for 60 years. This has been their goal, is to do something like this, be ready for us, and be ready for the mom and pops. Yes, no. of course. Someone is going to do better than they should have. But remember, the, and the regulators didn't do a great job here. Yep. And there shouldn't have been a bank that had that much bought at one point in the curve. And there are others, by the way. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, what do we want? Do we want to crash? Would they, who would that help?
0: And who again, not, help? A bail, not a bailout of Silicon Valley Bank shareholders. They are wiped out. Now, let's get more on the Washington side of the story. Bring back in CNBC's Kayla Tausche. Kayla, there's a lot going on. D.C. looks like to the rescue. What are the key headlines?
5: Well, Brian, I just got off the phone with the Treasury Department who briefed reporters on exactly how this package came together. And a senior Treasury official said, yes, the sale is still possible for Silicon Valley Bank. But given the time that it would take to put an agreement like that together and for a potential acquirer to go through all of the books, that regulators felt that it would be uh, undoubtedly beneficial to move early to instill confidence in the market. uh, But that, you know, by no means does this preclude a sale being possible in the future. And on the note of the uh, the backing for the depositors, Jim mentioned the figure $200 billion in deposits at Silicon Valley Bank. Well, there were some questions to Treasury about whether this is, in fact, a backdoor bailout, because the FDIC fund that will be making these depositors whole is funded through the Treasury Department with money that's appropriated by Congress. Well, this senior official said uh, that there's about $100 billion uh, of authority there to back stop deposits, and essentially that Congress and taxpayers have expressly dedicated those funds for a purpose exactly like that, and if not for a situation like this, when else should that money be used. Um, this official said that the Fed wanted to protect depositors at banks with similarities to SCB, which is why they set up this new facility where the Fed will make loans on high-quality collateral, and in some unique cases, the Fed is also uh, potentially going to be providing some equity to those banks as well. But as you guys have been noted, noting, the shareholders, the bondholders at any and all of these institutions will be wiped out, which is why the government continues to say that this is not a bailout. The taxpayers will not be on the hook for this and this is a, a special case where there will be people who will be feeling a lot of financial pain from this situation. Uh, but that depositors, these uh, customers who are innocent, who have their money in accounts that they believed were safe, right. will, in fact, get that okay. money back. Uh,
1: Kayla, that's that, that, that's right. I mean, remember the tax that's put on the, on the banks for the FTC. But I, 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 I know there are other banks that had a similar uh, risk profile, to, durational risk, so to speak, to their bond portfolio, uh, a broker. Some banks, will they be able to tap into this? Because I do think that there's just a lot of people, a lot of banks that bought low and the Fed moved very quickly and they're underwater. And and, and I just want to know whether those banks can get relief from this facility.
5: Well, there's no specific shortlist of banks that will or will not qualify, at least it's been provided publicly. It will be up to regulators to decide which institutions qualify and which meet the parameters that they believe uh, are are set up for this specific facility. Certainly, Jim, I mean, one would think that they would see the writing on the wall that if this happened once, it could happen again in the exact same situation, which is which is why they're stepping forward and putting a, a unique facility like that together. Um, but I think it's a case by case basis that they're going to have to they're going to have to be looking at the applications that they receive. Right,
1: I just think that's important, because if there is one guest earlier, just said we don't know who's next. Yeah. And if, the, if what, what Kayla just said that if you are next, will you please call Treasury and get it done? So we don't have one of these Wednesdays. Well, they ducks. might. They might have to. I mean, as we well, know, no, I just don't during, want a
0: Wednesday price discovery. What can we do? You don't do? want this again. You don't want to reduction. No. Caleb, I the, wanna, remember,
1: a, there are other banks with a very similar durational profile that, that where they did silly and, things. And,
0: and and Signature Bank. We'll get more on that in a second. Oh, but that's, Sh- a, that's a crypto I know, bank. I know. I know. But I'm saying there are other banks out west that we can get to in a second. Kayla, I do want to ask you one thing. I'm going to ask you to editorialize just a bit and bring in something that I talk about with energy and I'll bring And here's why you know that this decision is going to be called a quote bailout by many people okay the president is also expected to approve ConocoPhillips massive Alaska what's called Willow oil drilling project that is that has been widely reported it would be the biggest new oil drilling project in decades it'll be in Alaska on federal land If the president, he does this and the ConocoPhillips decision, you've got to imagine there is going to be some big time blowback by the president's base.
5: Um, Potentially, but you might also argue, Brian, that in that scenario, if he feels that for logistical, strategic, economic reasons, he has to make decisions that go against the fray of his political party, then on other issues where perhaps there's, you know, there's less of a, you know, a potential market risk uh, or a financial risk, the pendulum would swing in the other direction. I mean, you could see a situation where to appease progressives, he feels that he needs to go even further on other policies that he's considering to have the ledger balance itself out. We just simply don't know. Either yeah. ha-
0: Rescuing banks, reportedly approving this massive oil project in Alaska. There's a lot going on at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue tonight. Kayla Taushy, thank you very much. All right. As we noted, Signature Bank, SBNY, ordered to close. Skip more on the ripple impact for maybe other regional banks. For that, let's bring in CBC.com Banking Reporter Hugh Sun. Hugh. How's
4: it going, Brian? It's important really to discuss why this extraordinary action was taken today. There was the risk of multiple bank runs, um, and they took that contagion risk off the table, clearly. There were three banks that, in my discussions with VC investors and startup founders, that were under particular duress, uh, First Republic, Signature, and PacWest. Two of those three are based in California. Signature, as we know, is being shut uh, today. Um, one of the early drafts of the FDIC's plan to, uh, you know, to to take a look at uninsured depositors was essentially to give them their money back in two tranches, as far as, I, uh, as, far as, as far as I understood. One would be available right away within a few days, and the other half of that money would have been available within three to six months, uh, Brian, and that's, therein lies the problem. That plan was floated for a couple days. Mm. Um, any, any plan in which people either had to wait a long time or in which they weren't getting 100% of their money would clearly cause the rest of the uh, startup community to, to basically do what they had begun to do. As far as my, my reporting over the weekend was, people were already moving money out of places like First Republic, out of places like Signature, into uh, top four banks, Chase, Citi, uh, and the like. And, you know, you know if, that, if that were the case, if that were allowed to happen, uh, certainly there was the risk of, of uh, more bank runs uh, tomorrow.
0: I'm going to put on my I'm going to do my best Tyler, my good friend, Tyler Matheson impersonation. I'm going to do a two parter question to you, Houston. Here we go. Number one is, do you think or do you know there was any discussion about some of these other California based and Phoenix based banks? We know the names. We've showed the charts. Pacific West, Western Alliance, Bank Corp, and others that have been hammered by the stock market. Were those ever considered? And number two, how how big of a role did the cell phone play in this. And I bring that up because it's not like you've just got to go go to the bank back in the day and you had to wait in line and they could physically shut the door and you could could not get your money out. People can now move millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars around in two seconds on their phone. I wonder if we will see changes of banking regulation because it's just too darn easy to withdraw money now in some cases. And and some some people have called this the, the cell phone run on the bank.
4: Uh, I'll take this, you know, in reverse. You know, the Twitter bank run was another uh, uh, phrase coined by this. The the advent of online banking, obviously, you've got a bank branch, uh, you know, in your pocket, basically. Uh, You know, you add that with social media and the ability for for information to travel very fast. In some cases, misinformation, as we all know, over the weekend. Uh, And the velocity in which this occurred, uh, you know, with Silicon Valley Bank between Thursday and Friday... You know, in about 40 hours, essentially collapsing and losing more than 40 billion in deposits really in the blink of an eye was was remarkable to see. And it does impress yeah. upon regulators that they need to be able to move. But fast. You,
1: Let's just be sure we have a chart up there of, of signature bank, which is now a dead bank. PacWest West, we don't know, but First Republic has 60 billion in cash. They're going to be open tomorrow. Don't even want to be conflated with those other places.
0: Yeah, they're just in a, they're in a graphic right now. Yeah, by but the way. you know how people. But, but yeah, 100 percent. So, Hugh, did we do we know that first first part of that question I asked you? There are some other banks, and I, I hate to mention them, but the market spoke loudly for itself on Friday.
4: It, look, Brian, even if we weren't discussing these banks, startup community was discussing them. So this isn't a thing Good that point. isn't just a media-generated phenomenon. This was occurring outside of these walls, Brian. And, you know, First Republic was discussed among this. There was a lot of discussion over the weekend about forced marriages. In other words, some of these banks being told to get with other banks to, to bulk up. And so this is something that is real. It was happening outside of media. And uh, thank goodness some of these options are taken off the table.
0: Hugh Sun, CBC.com, working all weekend, doing some great, great reporting. Hugh, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Gary, again, Gary Cohn's with us. Uh, other banks, you know, they have got they got bludgeoned by the market. There is a lot of – they were not mentioned in this. We do not know if they would be covered in any way.
6: Yeah. Well, look. The, the FDIC and the Fed clearly has pretty
0: good transparency. Up to 250 on the FDIC.
6: No, but I'm saying when, when they were talking about banks that should be included, banks that should not be included, the FDIC and the Fed have very good transparency on what's going on in those banks in so real time.
0: Uh, I, I well,
1: so don't want to speak to you. So they're by not going to announce who's in trouble. Right. But I mean, they're not going to announce who's that. in trouble,
6: but if they thought those banks were on the verge... They probably would have swept I'm, them I'm in as well. Op, I'm, I'm, I'm trying I, I to think, be optimistic exactly. by I'm saying being, I, I'm not being optimistic. Being, actually, oh, no, I I'm being optimistic. I,
1: yeah, I think you're being optimistic. There's a very big I'm being difference. optimistic.
6: I'm saying, look, the Fed has transparency to all these banks, real time. So to the extent they were worried about them, they most or likely are. Or, are or are worried about them, they most likely would have potentially swept them in or gone broader with what they needed to do. The fact that they put Signature in. You know, they, they clearly made a statement. Right. You know, no. we spent the entire weekend talking about one bank and one bank only. And when the announcement came out,
0: it had two banks in it. And bank. we got SBNY, Signature Bank. I gave the bad ticker earlier in the show, Signature Jewelry,
6: Which I
1: we, didn't see, remember, at CNBC.com, we have regarded them as some other crypto bank. But that But that yes. equity is gone from SBNY now, is oh, you know, what we I mean, think. Repeat, if we at CNBC.com have regarded them as some other crypto bank.
0: All right. So there you go. SBNY being shut down today by New York state regulators. We have got some breaking news now with Steve Leisman. Fed officials are saying uh,
3: that this, I don't know if we have the uh, information there in the prompter or not. I guess they don't yet. Uh, So what they're saying is that they have a broad program here designed to promote confidence and enhance liquidity in the banking sector. This is from a call that was done with Federal Reserve staff and reporters who cover it. Uh, They additionally said as well that, excuse me one second here, that this would, uh, there we go, thank you very much, that uh, this would address, they they saw systemic risk in the financial system. They're confident, however, this plan will deal with the problem. Let me give you some technical aspects of this. The new lending facility does not erase unrealized losses. It gives them a year to work it out, and we'll see maybe if they uh, if they have a problem, they'll do more. They didn't say they would do more, though. The new lending program provides liquidity to banks that could be stressed um, with a one-year term compared with 90 days at the mm-hmm. discount window. Uh, the new Fed lending program will cover all ins- uninsured deposits in the country. Um, and lending up to par value, one-year securities. Uh, that's, so they didn't do that at the window. You get market value. In right. this program, you get par value. So if your uh, bond is worth 90 but it will mature at 100, you can, get 100, you can borrow 100. Not 90 at the window. Even if it's, you know, 10-year
1: paper, even if it's 20-year paper. Whatever paper you got, Jimmy. it's pretty good. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, but uh, the Federal Reserve is just... Hold on, guys. This is just outright positive. Let's just understand Let me, that this yeah. is positive. Let me get through this. Zero haircuts against government securities at the discount window. Oh, Gary Cohn is shaking his head. Any in losses, a good way. But in a good way. So now, I, I had said this earlier. They confirmed this. Any losses are recouped with the special assessment to the Deposit Insurance Fund. I right. want to make one point conceptually about this earlier today I was thinking about the prior response of the government in general bureaucrats had an incentive to do the least possible thing and not do the right thing until they were forced to do it it appears to me with the blanket coverage of uninsured depositors they have done the most they needed to do to solve this problem it does push it down a year There are substantial questions, Jim Cramer, that I think the world will look to you to answer about how banks are going to solve the problem of paying higher interest on deposits, which they have to do and haven't done and been remiss at doing, that will have a substantial effect on bank earnings. But what we will not apparently have is a bank run. That's very true. And I think that
1: one of the reasons why I had to do this is that there are several large institutions that have a similar profile. In terms of their bond holdings. And I don't want to, any one of these you could just sink out. If I were like a hedge fund, i just tell you which ones. But obviously, what you just said made it so that uh, there are some institutions that were really sweating bullets right now that are not because of what you just said. There's a
3: list out there of banks that have large percentages of uninsured deposits. However, you do not want to sell that list because you don't know what's on the liability side. You also do not know that they had a bunch of sprinters as their depositors, guys who would run as fast as they could from the bank and were concentrated in the industry, those four things that we know that made Silicon Valley and apparently Signature Bank as well unique. But that is one of the lists that's going around you. Know, who has the large number of uninsured depositors? Right. I don't think that well, list at this moment is a sell list. Well, anymore. no, I don't think it's uninsured depositors as much as well, that's that certainly that's a possibility, but
1: the, it's the other side. There are several. There's one very large bank that has a very similar profile in terms of the durational risk I Meaning, for people at home that every time interest rates move, these banks get hurt. Mm. I'm not sure that there'll be a bidding war for depositors. I know that the FDIC Do you is me, Let me play the devil's
3: advocate. The duration risk just go away. No, no possibility. No, no, no. Did it go away at least for a year? For a year? For
1: one year? I'm just playing devil's advocate. You have time. Generally. What you just, what just heard? Bank. What we just heard is let's go back four days to where uh, we know that there was a deal on the table with General Atlantic, uh, the Goldman deal, for uh, for, SI, for, for Silicon Valley. It, these banks will have to do it. It's just no longer fraud. I think you'll see a series of deals where banks have to take the hit on their held and maturity loan portfolio because they didn't have it as available for sale, and they should have marked it that way. And to be too, you know, less technical about it, there's some mm-hmm. banks that have to take a hit on their bond portfolio where they didn't want to. Now, whether, and, and now they can do it without a run on the bank, which I think is very, you know, which makes it so or that the shareholders, the there's, some, there's some people who own stocks right now of, of companies, their earnings are going to be much different from what they think. And then there's some people who are going to own banks that are going to have a larger share of deposits that maybe shouldn't have. I do not think that there will be a people think there might be a massive cut to JP Morgan's earnings here. I think that there's another way to look at it, which is, I think, even after this, people will say, I want to own banks that I know this wouldn't happen to. And so I'm, I'm I can't find the dark lining to a silver lining decision. I, I, look, it, is it my nature to not to be saturnine? No, I'm 68 years old. I've seen a lot
0: of stuff. It's
1: pretty good.
0: Okay. Gary, it is. And futures are reflecting that. Gary Cohn, back on February 8th, the head of the FDIC, and it's publicly available, I'll tweet it out as well, uh, gave a, a speech slash presentation, he showed there were $620 billion in unrealized losses on banks' right. balance sheets because of the interest rate move. Right. There was a gentleman, I forget his name, forgive me, at the St. Louis Fed, who put out a paper a couple of months ago mm-hmm. warning yep. banks that have certain duration, meaning what, what bonds they hold, and the rate move is going to, for lack of a better term, rip their bleeping faces <laughs> off, okay? <laughs> it doesn't seem, that, this may have fixed that, but if the FDIC was warning about it and the St. Louis Fed was warning about it, how did one of the, quote, smartest banks in America get into this position? They weren't warning about it. There was yeah. a problem. The examiners
1: were not worried about it. The examers, it Fed put out a paper. No, but they're, they're good. They do a lot of good research. The examiners didn't say anything here. And, you know, look, I kind of don't want to go into this moment where we're trying to found, find out who did badly. There's going to be a lot of time to, to to tag them. My responsibility is to people who own common stocks who would be down probably 20 to 25 percent by the end of the week if the Fed not acted. And that's a very positive way to look at it. I think the Fed is saying it will do whatever it takes. We, we, I'm fair. not going to find a dark lining to a Fed that says it will do whatever it takes. This is a Fed that has learned some from history, yeah. Steve. I,
6: I, I think that's the Go important ahead, Gary. point. I think what Steve said here, and I think it's a really important point, not to be underestimated. Historically, the Fed has done the minimal they needed to do to get by. And they always... Said they could do more. We always in a position where we can do more. This Fed actually just told you we're not going to take the
3: minimalist approach. We're not going to take the incremental approach. Thank you, That's we're why Jim Cramer is famous for his. You have no idea. Because well, Jay's they didn't. They were guy. acting incrementally, right? But, you know, look, signatures are real.
1: You know, I mean, if yeah. your own if we didn't, if we only had signature, on? we'll be yeah. having a special. I don't know. I mean,
3: yeah. let me make one more big one
1: basketball more. game But signature is an issue because it looks like Silvergate ahead of time.
3: Right, and we're not done here because over the course of this year now, we have to f- sort these unrealized gains out. There's also an issue here. Fed Chair Powell is great at getting in big, and maybe sometimes late to getting out. I don't know what the exit strategy is here. It's like the but pill. they're
0: You're good at making the reservation. It's
3: not holding right, the reservation. No, 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 no. well, the whole I, world is, is but know, but whether know, or not a banking crisis is. You know, is Kansas time City Kansas Kansas and
1: Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Right. Already we can pick apart what Andy Reid has faced with, when it has to do with yeah. w- w- what's going to happen with, with his free agency. Right. I like to revel in the Super Bowl,
0: and we lost. You lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. We, we still, I still want to get to what, how we got here, but right now let's go out west because this is a west. It's not for one time, Gary. A Wall Street story. This is a West Coast story. It's a U.S. One story. Silicon Valley starting to react tonight. Let's get to Deirdre Bosa, who joins us now from San Francisco. Was there some sort of, like, audible cheer on <laughs> one Market Street, 555, I'll California? What was it, Deirdre?
10: Let me tell you, I had a few text messages that were one word only. Phew. Ha. Finally, Another, I wish this happened a few days ago. Many people here, their weekends were ruined, and there is certainly collective relief for most of the tech community and certainly the VCs. But already I am hearing from founders and companies that are in the middle of raising rounds or they need to raise more money soon. And for them, there's a lot more uncertainty than there was even a week ago. After many of those venture capitalists provided big bridge loans to their portfolio companies, you have to wonder what is their appetite to deploy more capital to new companies, especially parts of tech that are already under pressure. Um, I did get a statement from Hamant Taneha at General Catalyst. Remember that he led support for Silicon Valley Bank last week. He's now saying that, quote, it's important to figure out how SVB can thrive in its next incarnation because we believe it is an essential component of our ecosystem. Um, Another investor I just spoke to put it this way, lots of sand in the gears of Silicon Valley without Silicon Valley Bank. And that is because it had such a unique spot, as you guys have been talking about. It was really a flywheel for the tech community. It leaned into services that cater to the tech ecosystem, some of them reasonable, some that now look um, aggressive. So I think that's what a lot of folks are wondering. Where can they turn to now? I spoke to another founder in crypto. He just raised his seed round and he says he was going to turn to signature. He can't go there now. So uncertainty for some of the smaller companies here. But of course, that equals into the tech ecosystem here and which Silicon Valley Bank was such a core part of a backbone of what are they going to do? The, the economy here, the tech economy has a lot to reckon with now.
0: Yeah, and there's a a lot of questions still, but overall, very, very positive news, as we showed. The futures are positive as well. Big size of relief. Payrolls will be made, and that's probably Mm -hmm. ultimately what matters the most to so many millions of families out there. Deirdre Bosa, thank you. Oh, I did want to just say one moment. I know this is TV, you're not supposed to do this. Deirdre, you
1: didn't cut her mic or anything. No way. Deirdre, Deirdre, I don't think that Silicon Valley Bank's model will exist after this, and Mm -hmm. I think that What people may look, it may have been great at promoting things, but it's obvious that it's not in the government's interest to have so few sticky deposits and so many large uninsured deposits. Don't you think it's the demise of the model of Silicon Valley Bank?
10: You think about a Silicon Valley Bank. They also provided lines of credit for venture capitalists, right? And there was a lot of the services. Yeah, like I said, are looking aggressive in retrospect. But Jim, do you don't you think that there's an opportunity for other banks to come in here who wants this kind of clientele? I know. Well, I'd like, like yeah. to. I mean, people- I know
1: that Sarah has a great Sarah Eisen has a great article on, on about how PNC took a look at this, but PNC can't make that. That's not yep. their style. Look, all I'm just saying is, as is a matter of policy, we now learn that that's not that whatever they did was not a good idea for the nation. But it yeah. might have been a good idea yep. for startups. I mean, but there's yeah, a look.
10: They, if they managed it better, though, Jim, would this would we have a different outcome? I mean, they published numbers on the amount of cash burn that startups, well, their customers but, were seeing, well, and they I, didn't have their books in order.
1: I would say that there was just bad management by any yeah. any company that needed money that way and did that. I think is really a shame. And, their cash management out there in the valley—they got to rethink their game. So, plan. Those,
10: can those products exist if there's better risk management?
0: I think that the companies have to revisit their game plan. Well, let's yeah. talk about that, Deirdre Mosa. Great stuff, Deirdre. Thank you very much. All right, let's let's get some firsthand reaction to the unfolding situation, and get to Javier Sade. He's a partner at Fenway Summer, which is a hybrid investment and advisory firm, and a CNBC contributor. And you know, Javier, like probably like like Jim and everybody, Deirdre and everybody. Uh, spending the weekend talking to people, did some Zooms with some, some great people. Thank you, by the way, if you're watching, you know who you are. This was a bank that obviously I'd heard of, sort of had a basic understanding a little bit. As I did Zooms and phone calls with VCs and companies and whatever, and I'll probably get in trouble for this. My initial reaction was when I finally understood this bank's power in the startup community, I said, oh, my God, this is the godfather.
9: Wow, uh, the Godfather. Um,
0: they were below, the, in uh, other words, they were, they were they were under the radar. Godfather is yeah. illegal. Let, let's not, no, use, no. Let's I mean, not the, use the le- legalist. I mean, no, that but powerful they were under and... the radar and that powerful.
9: Yeah, look, that's um, what I meant. Not
0: legality, just yeah, their power. I just
9: don't like to confuse the two. Well, the- they had a, they had an outsized and central role in the startup world for a lot of reasons. Um, at the end of the day. Um, really what we got to remember here is that Sania Road road um, and the startups they fund eventually touch everyone's lives. Yeah. So from cancer cures to robotics, to the apps we all use, internet, mobile, supersonic jets, on and on and on. So this, while this seems, and especially because the name of the bank was Silicon Valley bank, this actually could have very quickly, um, and and who knows what's going to happen at this point with, uh, with everything you guys were talking about earlier about potential contagion. Um, this could very quickly have turned into a Main Street story. So this is not this was just the tip of the spear. Um, but we have a bigger uh, systemic issue here. Which is. Well, the the things you guys were talking about earlier, which is that, you know, the way banks obviously work is that you have unsecured, very short term hopefully liquid um, uh, liabilities, deposits, and those were mismatched. And SVB was oversizing this. this, uh, But I guess guess
0: what I meant by the power was I did a Zoom call with a a startup CEO. It's a bigger startup now. He turned down down Silicon Valley Bank and he sent me the the venture debt term sheet. And it very clearly stated you will bank with us. Mm And nobody else. Gary Cohn's sort of nodding in agreement here. How is a bank powerful enough to basically say to you, to say to anybody, uh, Javier, you know what? We'll do your venture debt or whatever, but you can only bank with us. I don't understand how they got that power. And Gary could chime in after your answer.
9: Yeah, look, I think that because banks don't take the type of risk, and obviously we now see that this was excessive uh, risk, they're going to have in the making. Um, they filled a void which needs to be filled somehow. Um, but uh, the model, I think, I agree with what you're saying. Um, needs some definite tweaking. There's no question about it. But is it, is is it a, over? Is it, to Jim's here. point, is it is that model over? It's definitely going to be retooled significantly. I don't know if it's over, but it needs some retooling. Well. Look, I don't think the model
6: of banks lending money to clients and insisting they bank with them is over. No. You know, this is this a model where Silicon Valley Bank made a loan to companies where they probably weren't able to get the loan at other places. There was very little competition in the space. And one of the covenants of giving you the loan is you will keep your balances with me and you will bank with me. It is actually a covenant of protection that the, that the lender, Silicon Valley, could see what was going on with the cash. So I don't think that's going to end. I think what's going to end is mm-hmm. it's going to be much more difficult for some of these startup entrepreneurs and some of these startup companies to get credit. So that, that may be the, 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 the real dynamic change here over time.
0: Javier Sade, Fenway Summer, thank you very much. Appreciate that. We've got another big-name guest. Joining us now is former SEC Chair Jay Clayton. Obviously, uh, prior some legal side, I think you were dealing with, with Silicon Valley Bank, say as much or as little or not at all that you want maybe about that, Jay uh, but all in all, the market's happy, Jim's happy. Was this the right decision, It's uh, particularly of this size?
11: Absolutely, absolutely. You, when you have a situation like this, we know from history, whether it's 08, 2020, that you have to move boldly and decisively. And I applaud all of the regulators here for moving in that way. Um, You need to send a message to the public that we're going to do what it takes, and that message has been sent. Um, Let me make a point here on that. People who throw around these terms like bailout or moral hazard in situations like this, I think it's totally misguided. These, These regional banks that we're talking about, they, as you have pointed out, are at the core of our economy. People are not making deposits in those banks in excess of $250,000 in order to gain some marginal advantage on interest rates or the like. They're doing it as a, as a means of convenience to participate in the economy. And we have to understand that. Um, on, on the whole point of a bailout, the equity is getting wiped out. And, and all we're doing here is telling those depositors that your money good. Another point that I want to make here is this facility that is made available is very important. As we're making the depositors' money good, we're telling the depositors, you don't need to withdraw. You don't need to panic. You don't need to have a run. You don't need to flee. What we're doing with the facility is we're telling these banks that you have time to go to the capital markets. And the capital markets will function in order for you to term out this duration problem that you have. So that's all very important. The the last point that I'll make is continued vigilance. We need continued vigilance from our regulators here because, you know, we have had some unprecedented financial conditions starting with March, 2020 and going through to today. There are places in the system, undoubtedly, where there are stresses. And I applaud them for moving fast. And I know that they're going to have continued vigilance here. Finally, on a political Mm. point, this, this is a bipartisan issue. This is a, a, an issue that both sides of the aisle should be very happy with, that we had a very difficult situation going into the weekend, we had a potential cascading, and there was action. And this this action should be supported by both sides of the aisle.
1: Jay, I'm so glad you said it, Jim. Kramer. I'm so glad you said that. I think that there are a lot of people. I read them say, "Look, this was a bailout of rich VCs." Look, there are some rich VCs that are going to do better, but the fact is, it's not a bailout of of bonds. It's a bailout of what they had at the bank, and that's quite different. We don't. I don't think anyone watching the show wishes that their deposits would be wiped out, uh, it, because frankly, that's. It has nothing to do with recklessness. Yes, maybe the deposits shouldn't be as concentrated. I also applaud you for saying that, look, there still be situations where people are going to be able to get money. Mm. But what's more important is that there are many, you and I both know, there are institutions right now, that if they didn't get this time to be able to fix their bond portfolio, then we would be sitting here next Sunday night doing the exact same thing with another institution. They pretty much they did take that off the table, didn't they?
11: Well, I, I, Jim, I know that that's their intent. And what they've signaled to us is they've put in place this facility. We want to take that issue off the table. But more important the messaging is we are here and we're going to do what it takes to keep this market functioning, both on the capital raising side um, and on the deposit side. And so I, I, I think that all of us were concerned going into this weekend. And I'm very glad to see decisive action. That's what's important.
6: Jay, Jay, you and I were talking earlier, and we were talking earlier on set about the whole moral hazard issue. I, I know you've got some strong views on this. You want to share them with us?
11: Yeah, look, look Gary, moral hazard, it's, it's a wonderful economic term that people throw around. You know, you, you rent a car, you take a lot of risks with the rental car. You don't own it at the end of the day. OK, that's moral hazard. When you go and put your money in a bank and you're, you're using that bank for payroll, you're using that bank, um, you know, for short term funding needs and the like. If you're a medium sized business, that may be a ten million dollar balance from Mm -hmm. time to time. You're you're not doing that to put risk on somebody else. You're doing that because that's the way our system functions. So so this 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 moral hazard notion, um, you know, at least from the depositor side, it's completely silly. Now Jim makes a great point. High concentration. You know, that's on that's on the banking side and and risk management. We can deal with that.
0: So, Jay, I want to ask quickly, as a former SEC guy, um, looks like this company did not have a chief risk officer for up to eight months. <laughs> I, no? No, I know. I didn't see an 8K. Well,
1: I didn't see an 8K release. What to do with? they wanted to pick up a little more interest than they should have? And I think a bank examiner should have flagged. Jay, you have to admit, I mean, a bank examiner should have took a little and said, guys, you have a lot of holding. <laughs> hold hey, can, can I speak with your, your chief risk, risk officer? So, all, you, I'm
0: sorry, we don't have well, one. No, no, it's just that it
1: makes. How is a bank allowed to operate without one? Oh, there was a CEO. He was very actively – he built the
0: company. He was selling millions in and, stock. No, that was, and,
1: uh, I, look, I don't want to defend him. He did have a, he did have a sale plan. I, that was ill-advised. That was certainly ill-advised knowing what he did. But, 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 but Jay, I just kind of want to make the point that people appear, appear – they do make mistakes in how they invest. This was a mistake. We would like to think that a bank examiner would have said, wow, you guys have to – lessen this. I think a bank examiner may have said that this week when Moody's downgraded. I wish that the bank examiners have worked have worked faster. Don't
11: you, Jay? Look, look you're, Jim, yes, you, you are right here with in, and, and with 2020 hindsight. These things are always easy. We have been very focused on asset quality in banks. Um, we we clearly have not been as focused as we should have in on duration risk, particularly with a point that you guys are making. Let's just say there's always something, there's a lot old, there's a lot familiar, there's a little bit of something new here, which is the speed with which this occurred and the speed with which we anticipated other things might occur here because we live in in a very fast-moving society where deposits are less sticky.
0: Jay Clayton, thank you. Really need and appreciate your insight. Gary Cohn, by the way, thank you for rushing over here from Manhattan, being on set with us for over an hour. Invaluable insight. But very good to see you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely No, no, thank you. All right, so, of course, a a big question now while you're watching CNBC is how the markets and your money are going to fully react to these developments. And for more on that, I want to bring in Scott Wapner and Mike Santoli. Scott, uh, talk to you first. I know I'm sure you've been on the phone today, yesterday, talking to some of the biggest investors in the world what are they saying about the situation? And maybe you could editorialize a little bit and Jim could jump in. Are you surprised that the futures are not up more than they are? On that point, Brian, I think the market's trying to figure
12: out what else might be out there. I, you know, it's still early, too. Don't forget, you know, volumes at this hour are pretty light. So let's see what it looks like many hours from now as you get closer to the morning. But I, I think most of the people that I spoke to over the weekend, and I did have many conversations They were hoping we'd get to a situation that we got what Gary Cohn described at the top, that the system would work. And they'll say that it did. And I know they thought it was a binary outcome. Either something was going to happen or it wasn't. And then look out below. And most of the people that I spoke to didn't want to be quoted on the record. But one person did. And that was Leon Cooperman, who um, I spoke with uh, several times. And He didn't think it would end in disaster. He told me the following. Let's take a look at the quote. When an event is so catastrophic for the market, if it happens, it generally doesn't occur. Bottoms occur on news like this, not tops. The problem for the markets, it isn't cheap yet. Now, he's been bearish for some time. He's railed on what the Fed has done. He's railed on how late they were in starting to raise interest rates. And he didn't mince words at all. On that very topic, he told me, quote, this is the result of stupid monetary policy of zero to negative rates for a decade. And I guess that's what I'll be looking for tomorrow, Brian, is has the conversation around the Fed changed, at least in the near term, as a result of this? Don't forget, it was only a handful of days ago that Jay Powell was on the Hill before Congress. And we left that session thinking higher and faster and for longer, and now I just wonder if it's lower and slower and for shorter, and maybe the bond market's going to be a good tell in that tomorrow. And I'll be watching yields, Jim, to see what happens. Yields right. were down right. a lot over the, you know Thursday, Friday. The two-year was what 40 basis points off I of. Know. where it was to begin the week. So I think that's what I'm going to be watching most Mm. most closely. Yeah, well, look, you're absolutely
1: right. I understand where Lee's coming from. Look, what what really happened here? The Federal Reserve overstimulated the economy, which I know I'm sure Jay did not care for. I'm I'm sure that, uh, that, well, let's just put it this way. I think there are a lot of people who didn't care for it, uh, not just Lee. Uh, But then Silicon Valley, uh, their balance grew by 250% in three years. That, again, is part of what the Fed did wrong that then the Fed pushed low, pushed the long rates down gigantically, close to zero. So what happened is this bank went and bought government bonds, governments, okay, governments, and then government bonds destroyed it. So I think that we could certainly question again the Fed, and we certainly can do it, but the one thing I, I do worry about is is that we just focus on what went wrong on a night when things went very right. Mike, what do you think? I mean, you think that that um,
2: misplaced in thinking that we just avoided a recession, that's not bad? Uh, no, certainly not misplaced. I mean, I think that the, the futures action, as muted as it might seem, is, is sort of telling you that uh, we had the removal of a potential big negative, at least right now. And so there has been a firebreak in this situation. I think it does all, also pays to kind of uh, review where we were. The S&P was down four and a half percent. Last week, Uh, the regional bank sector was down 15 percent last week alone. So clearly we were bracing for a downward spiral of some sort that has been interrupted right now. Uh, You know, I I also will go back to what I said before, which is while the implications of the crash in Treasury prices last year uh, were not known to to be so specifically acute uh, for Silicon Valley Bank. It's not a surprise, right? We knew exactly how much rates went up. We knew exactly what the uh, terrible year that, that bonds did, bond values had. So I think in that sense, we can get our arms around it and say, okay, where are we now? And what I find either interesting or potentially, if it, if it goes the wrong way, a hazard is stocks and bonds, uh, bond yields started going down together last week. So there was a little bit of a flip in the relationship Tonight, you're also seeing a little bit of an uptick in longer term Treasury yields, as well as futures being higher. So that kind of tells you uh, we're no longer really fear fearing the overheating economy and the Fed that has to you know, rush to catch up with it. We're fearing stresses in the system, things that uh, that might actually rupture. And, and we got one uh, that was a potential and it, it, it didn't really uh, play out. The, in a in Right. A, in a well, well, let's
1: way. also I mean, it's, it's very important to recognize that some of this is, is, is nitty gritty, but really, really important. One of the things that they did tonight is they said that banks can borrow at par on at the discount window, even if the securities were worth less than par, which is going to allow a lot of banks that were in trouble to no longer be in trouble as of tonight. Doesn't matter That, that I would call that. What you just said, a bailout. I would use oh, that word. Oh, no, man. no, no. Jesus, we <laughs> if got it's people below, who own stocks, okay, if it's below they're car. not concerned right now about whether, okay, that, the, whether bank. This it, it, is a treasury. They screwed up on how they buy treasury. How about this? This uh, is not a basket of lousy stuff that is wrapped into a triple A rapper by AIG, they're just saying, listen, we're going to let them buy, you know, I held
0: the maturity, it's going to, we're going to where let them buy Joe a Where, where no, is Joe Fasano? Okay. Scott, we, Scott let's, let's fast forward. It's 12 noon Eastern time. Halftime is starting. Give us a hint as to where you're going with it, because to your point, the macro environment is the same now with a backstop, a big one, but we've got Treasury yields where they are. We've got uh, government short term bonds that are that are yielding more than than most dividend paying stocks. And that's part of what happened here, which is that people could pull their money out and go, I can still get five percent on a three month T-bill.
12: Brian, a week ago, we said there's going to be three more hikes. Okay, 25, 25, 25. Maybe if the jobs report from last Friday was hot, you'd get a 50 thrown in. From the smart investors that I've been talking to all weekend, they don't write off the possibility that you get nothing at the upcoming meeting on the 22nd. That maybe you get a wait and see. And those are implications for what the stock market may do, how the bond market might price, where yields may go. We'll have that conversation about what the events of late last week and what happened over the weekend with this rescue. Let's just use that word, this rescue um, because that's really what it was. Right, well, Scott, you're uh, right. And what that means now for the, for the road ahead we, we had uh, a, for the market.
1: Right, we had a very deflationary environment, a very deflationary series of events that just occurred, and don't forget Signature Bank. But I think, Scott, you're so right, is that if you're the Fed, you got to remember what Jay Powell always kept saying, which is, you know what, we don't even know what might be lurking underneath. We don't know. Yeah. Um, we, we can't go too fast. We don't know. It, all he has to do is, is come out and say, you know what, it turns out that there were some things. Uh, we have to monitor inflation. Look, if the CPI is really hot, I think he's going to have to do what he has to do. But I think, Scott, we, we saw that the system was fragile in part because of how fast the Fed moved, in part because there were some banks that took what I regard as being ill-advised actions with their portfolio. And if a lot of people are still going to lose their jobs, I don't, I don't think we doubt that. And Scott, don't you think it's fair to say that the market, the economy cannot per se be as hot as it was five days ago?
12: There's no doubt. And, Jim, you know, I'm thinking about the innovation economy out in Silicon Valley, yep. too, and, and what, at yeah. least in the near term, the ramifications of, of all of this are. I'll be watching tech tomorrow. You, you heard about, you know, what happened with Roku and, and their reserves tied up in the bank. And they're not the only ones, obviously. Does you know, does it take Circle. some of the the heat off of what's been going on with tech to start the year, for example? Well,
0: Which, I, I want to get Mike in, in here. We, guys, we, like, got new long, we, we got some new comments. Guys, we got some new comments. We're running out of time. We got some new comments from Dan Loeb. Obviously, very powerful third point hedge fund manager, calling the Fed's response quote thoughtful and principled or principled and thoughtful. One of the one of the just threw it into my ear. That that Mike Sancho. I got to imagine yes, but you know that's gonna a lot of hedge fund managers are probably going to say that depending on their positioning. But I also know on Friday, there was a lot of people betting against this well, well, stock market. If it's thoughtful in principle, it is. Yeah. I mean,
2: sometimes it is what it is. No, you're right, Brian. I mean, look, we, we absolutely were clenched up ahead of this. Um, and I also would point out, you know, it's become so common to say, well, the Fed always tightens until it breaks something and, and all the rest. Well, yes, that's true. But last year, you know, crypto broke. FTX alleged fraud went under. The U.K. pension system blew up because of what happened with rates. So you've had these eruptions uh, and, and, you know, none, none of them was the decisive one. None of them was the new, the new 2008. People were talking about Credit Suisse in October put in the low in the the S&P 500, people thought it was another Lehman moment, right? So you never quite know exactly whether the markets are going to overshoot the facts or have some self-fulfilling kind of spiral. But uh, for now, uh, it seems like this immediate thing that people were were hedging against on Friday did not completely, uh, you know, kind of go uh, in a disorderly Mm. way, at least tonight. Yeah, that's well put. I mean, I think was a lot thoughtful of people,
1: in principle. I, I think that if, if, well, no, I'm just saying, Scott, you know this because you are t- touched with millions of investors. We, well, people who have millions of dollars for investors. Scott, I think that there was a sense that if nothing happened this weekend or if they did 80% on the deposits, I think it's reasonable to think that we could be in a recession by Friday.
12: No, I think you're right. And I think that's why, you know, as, as I had this conversation with Cooperman, he said, if you don't get something done by the open on Monday, look out below. Right. And, you know, I'll be I'll be talking to more smart investors. I've got Brad Gerstner coming up at noon tomorrow. Yep. I've got Gundlock coming up on closing bell, and they can address both issues. What it means for tech going forward, what it means for the markets and the venture community going forward. What does the Fed do going forward? I think you'll get all those answers at least entertained. <laughs> um, tomorrow throughout the day on our network.
0: And, and, oh, and, 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 and in, in a club. minute, and in one minute, with Steve Leishman here. So we didn't have to wait that long, but look forward to it. Great lineup there. Scott, Mike, thank you both very much. All right, quickly. Let's talk a little more about Silicon Valley Bank itself. Mike Kantrowitz, uh, CBC contributor, joining us now. And Mike, I had some, you know, I, I can't confirm this, but, I, you know, there, there, South by Southwest is going on. And I had somebody who's in a position to know tell me basically that the entire communications team of, of Silicon Valley Bank was out sort of partying and working slash partying this week at South by Southwest. I mean, what is the culture of this bank?
13: Yeah, the bank is completely enmeshed into Silicon Valley. So to see them at a place like South by Southwest, at least until the shutdown, isn't surprising. I mean, every tech event that you're at, Silicon Valley Bank is there. They're typically a sponsor. They had sponsorships for conferences coming up that they're going to now have to pull out of. So the fact that they're here, you know, schmoozing with the tech industry is completely normal. Of course, what wasn't normal, what was going on on their balance sheets.
0: Yeah, and that's it. And I'm going to ask you the question I asked earlier, how did this bank, which most Americans have never heard of, Get this powerful. What's their secret sauce with the VC community? They do different than others.
13: I mean, this is completely relationship bank uh, relationship banking, right? They had the relationships with the tech companies. And like has been talked about before in this program, they were willing to take risks that other banks wouldn't. You have founders that are coming in. They don't have good track records in terms of banking. They have a lot of money at stake, and it's going to be risky for, for the bank. And they also have to know what to do with the money. They're not going to do typical loans like you would have in a yeah. typical bank. So it's a very specialized form of banking. They did it well. And, of course, it got concentrated there, and that became a huge problem. Yeah,
0: you know, and they, by the way, they, they from what I understand, they they allowed a lot of these rich founders and funders to to, to monetize before the stock or their company actually monetized. I mean, there were a lot of really rich guy benefits
13: going on here. So- I mean, no doubt. You're, you're looking at a, a, an industry that's going to have that type of thing because <clears throat> you know, there's a ton of money that's going to be caught up in these, in these companies that's coming through VC money, and they want to cash out in certain ways. And again, it's a specialized function. And that's you asked, how yeah. do they become so powerful? It's being able to handle this type of things. Okay.
0: Really, Alex, really appreciate your time. Alex Cantrell with CBC Contributor as well. Thank you very much. Steve Leishman. We were just talking about monetary policy. Scott was, does this change the Fed?
3: It certainly has changed the market's view of the Fed. Let me show you a quick chart here, guys, what's happened this evening when it comes to... The outlook for the peak funds rate here. They're seeing a little bit less Fed here. If you take a look, there's the Fed funds chart for the uh, year end rate. You can see how much has come off of that. And guys, the next chart, the bar chart coming right up, I'm sure, uh, is showing that they've saved off 10, 15 basis points to the outlook for the Fed. Big dilemma for, for Powell here. He can solve the problem of the unrealized gains and losses by keeping rates low. He may take a page from the book of Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England, who, when they had a pension problem in Uh, October, Mm -hmm. they suspended quantitative tightening for a month and came back and resumed it again, giving everybody a chance to catch their breath. So there's going to be substantial questions about monetary policy, whether that plays into it. I don't think the Fed wants to do it, but they may be forced to as a better way to help solve the problem. Well, again,
1: very intelligently, the banks can borrow at par at the discount window. Uh, even if the securities are worth less than par, which is what's the case of as many institutions you and I both know, are would have been in trouble
3: until this You evening. know what Gary said to me when he came off stage? Right. He said that th- this undoes some of the tightening of the Fed. Well, that's Remember, you had 100 does. basis it points. Does. You had only 80 basis points but to lend against. Now you got got 100 to lend
1: against. In the end, uh, we could argue what does this have to do with the price-earnings ratio of Bristol-Myers. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back at work, and some companies will be doing better than others. But at the same time, there is a slowdown. We don't know what to do with it other than, in fact, to cut numbers. Uh, some companies can do better than others, but the one thing we can do is wake up tomorrow and have a market. There were many people who told me that maybe the market had to be not open tomorrow, as if it were some sort of war. That's off the table. I tell you what. Was it on the, I mentioned that, and so, somebody
0: said that I was crazy, but you're saying the same oh, thing. You can,
1: anyone can create anything. I, look, you want me to take down a bank? Me, I can take down a bank right now. That I regard that as what I call irresponsible. Here's what I feel. We're a heck of a lot better than when we left on Friday. We're better than we were on Wednesday. We're a little better than we were on Tuesday.
0: Kind of where we were on Monday. Well, that's And and we're sitting here live on a Sunday night. Hey, listen, I got a deal. I don't know if that's a better place, but thank you. I got a deal with Caterpillar tomorrow just like any other day. Cat tractor to you. All right, that is all for now. Tonight's big takeaways. The Fed is launching an emergency lending facility to all eligible banks to alleviate pressure on the banking system. Depositors will be made 100% whole and able to access their money beginning tomorrow morning. Regulators, though, have closed. New York-based Signature Bank, it's shut down. Those depositors, though, will also be fully protected. SBNY, the equity, we'll see tomorrow. Worldwide Exchange or Squawk box starting extra early, 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Jim will probably be there as well. I'm going to asleep, round out the I'm coverage. Tired. 7 p.m. on Last Call, all day long. Thanks for joining us. Have a good Sunday.